Yo, I don't think we should talk about this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? No, but that's a part of life. No, not reproduction. Let's talk about men and women and gender theory. Since the beginning of time, women have been fighting for their fair share. Men have been the dominant sport gender up until recently, that is. But for quite a while there, men dominated everything, and in some cases, that still remains true. For instance, there are no women in American football professionally as far as players. Baseball, zilch on the field. And while basketball play is second tier in terms of NBA viewership versus WNBA viewership. But thanks to the rise of women in other sports like tennis and soccer, we are going to get to a point where women can be in the same tier as their male counterparts. However, one thing stands out as far as this reporter is concerned. There is a game being played all around the world, dominated by the double X chromosomes, and that game is called netball. It's played in the British Commonwealth countries, the islands, and even Canada, but it is not in the Olympics and may never be. So it's unfortunate. So it's gonna, you know, I know people are talking about 2032, but that's not gonna happen. But why? It's complicated, but simple answer, the United States is just not behind it like they are basketball, and both sports were created by James Naismith. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Overall, that is the feeling, but it's more complicated than that. Netball is the younger, unacknowledged sister in the United States. But why? On this edition of Josh's Global Sports Show Podcast, why? Why not netball? On today's edition of Josh's Global Sports Show Podcast, Episode 3, Why Not Netball? Featuring interviews from Bethany Hershon of The Netball Show, Sonia Ottaway, Steve Anderson, and Jeff Pearson of Netball America. Josh's Global Sports Show Podcast is a Memory Artist Studios production. Disclaimer, Josh Eisenberg is also a representative of Netball America. He remains unbiased as a storyteller. And now, here is your host, Josh Eisenberg. Now that we've talked about gender and sports, let's talk about netball. The game was first played at Madame Osterberg's College in Danforth, England in 1897. Netball CEO, Sonia Ottaway, explains further about the initial rules and gameplay of the sport. Well, people would be surprised to know it's over a hundred years old. So it's just as old as basketball, which had Professor Naismith, who was a Canadian professor down in the US, who wrote the first lot of basketball rules. At the time, you know, in 1895, it wasn't cool for a woman to be an athlete. And they wore like, you know, big bloomers and skirts and hoops and all that at the time. So they couldn't exactly dribble the ball or run with it. And so what they did was they amended the 
basketball rules, there was a um, a gym teacher, a female gym teacher, and she took those rules and amended it to create a game for the women. Now, at the time, basketball had no backboard anyway, right? It was all peach baskets. And so that's what netball is, right? It has no backboard. As she invented this game for the women, the main differences in the rule changes was the passing the ball and touching it in each third. So you couldn't have the women running up and down the court, right? They were restricted to zones on the court and they had to pass it. So there was no dribbling. And they and to make it fast, they introduced the three second rule to pass the ball. So essentially that's what it is. And it's funny when we do a lot of demos around the country, when we kind of get the teachers at retirement ages, you know, they see it and go, geez, that reminds me of the original women's basketball, because that's what it was called in 1895, women's basketball. And they didn't change the word of netball till the 60s. Bethany Hershon is the host of the Netball Show podcast, which can be found on the internet. She explains where we stand globally with the sport of netball. There has been, I think, a significant global impact with netball over the past few years because it has been dominated by the main four countries, which is Australia, New Zealand and England. And then there's an argument on whether it's Jamaica or South Africa is number four. And it has and all the major tournaments have always been dominated by the Southern Hemisphere countries. But when England won the Commonwealth Games a few years ago in Australia, finally the deadlock was broken. And the awareness of netball has somehow got bigger. And I think that's been because of social media and there's been an opportunity for awareness. You're not too tired from your after work social netball team practice. Of netball all over the world. Here in the UK, we never used to even have it broadcasted on any sports um, channels. And it's great that now we can watch every single game. When I was a kid, about 10 years ago, I, I didn't, wouldn't be able to watch a game, wouldn't even be able to go and watch a game in a stadium. So it's significantly grown here in the UK. And I think that's fantastic. And it needs to grow everywhere for Netball to get awareness all over the world. Sonia Ottaway is one of the founding members of Netball America and serves on the board as the CEO of the company. She is originally from Australia, where Netball is an everyday occurrence in schools and television, but is now a U.S. citizen. Overall, she was shocked when she first came here to find the lack of the sport in schools and in the American mainstream. Sonia, along with partners Steve Anderson, Maureen Logsdon, and Kelly McShane, found a niche and thus created Netball America. Yeah, so listen, you know, there's a lot of expats that live in the United States, right? So people that have emigrated here from, you know, I'm from Australia, but there's a lot of folks, you know, from the Caribbean, from... Uh, the UK, South Africa, New Zealand, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, etc. And, um, you know, and, and they we noticed they were just kind of getting together playing, you know, after work or after school in a social type setting. Um, and yes, there's other netball organisations around and there's been netball organisations here for 40 years but they're predominantly small cultural groups that keep to themselves. They're not concerned about the strategic development of the sport, right? Um, and that's where we saw a big opportunity um, and a big hole. And that's really where Netball America came about to fill that. Sonia continues. 
And we got together and we looked at, you know, what was going on in the US. We were looking at, and we talked a lot with netball players from all over the country and, and what their needs were. And we really noticed there was just a lack of direction. There was no strategic play at all to get netball being played by Americans. And so we wanted to fill that hole. And so we brought together, you know, netballers from the across the USA. And they're the ones actually that kind of voted on the name Netball America and our logo. And, and that's where we got started back in that's 2007. And then we kind of got around to formalizing things in, you know, 2008, 2009. Sonia explained during the conversation some of the politics around netball and why netball is not in the Olympics. One reason that netball may have not made the Olympics yet is because of the failure to keep the relationship with FISU and netball going. So listen, FISU is a federation, international university federations, right? So they oversee all the world university games, world university federations. Now, um, they're truly global and they actually, their offices, um, well, they used to be just next door to the IOC and they were kind of working hand in hand. So the sports that were getting into the Olympics and on the Olympic program there were coming out of the World University Games or Championships. And the IOC would be looking at what FISU's doing and the games and the athletes, right? Um, to, to help determine sports for future Olympics. And so Netball was told if they had any chance of being in the Olympics, then you need to get into these FISU World University Championships. So that came about in about 2010 or so. And then fast forward, uh, no one came forward to host the 2014 event. Uh, so that didn't go ahead. And then the 2016 uh, bidding came up. And so Netball America put in a bid, um, amongst others, and we had to fly to Belgium to present the bid to the FISU committee. And it wasn't just us, we were doing it on behalf of the US University Sports Federation. So they were the member of FISU. And in here in the US, they oversee the NCAA, the NJCAA, NAIA. So essentially we were working with them um, to bring the uh, championships here so it was a really great experience and uh yeah and then lo and behold you know we won the bid they announced it so we got to host it here in miami in 2016 and it really was world class from the broadcast you know fizu mentioned our broadcast was the best they've seen even the bid we submitted they said was the best they'd seen out of 35 other proposals I'm saying right now with the Olympics, right, yeah. everything's flying around. Well, how come netball's not in the Olympics and why isn't in there? And, you know, there's a lot of discussion around, well, they need men playing or they need this, you know, these countries playing. But the reality is, right, everyone was told that these FISU games is really the only way to get netball onto the Olympic program. Okay. And so fast forward from 2016, where we got glowing reviews from the championship, we got um, awesome letters from the US University Federation, the FISU Federation. Um, and then 2018, we went down to Uganda and had the event there. Um, but the problem with that was it wasn't supported by the major netball playing countries. So 
Australia and UK and Jamaica, who were in the top three, you know, out of the top five, didn't go and support the event. Now, part of the agreement that the International Federation had with the international netball body was that these events, they would get the top playing countries there. Um, and so they didn't get there. So obviously, you know, um, FISA was very upset. And then when they re-looked at their championship structure and what they did, who do you think they cut? Netball, right? So we got cut from the championship program, um, which was very sad and very unfortunate. And that's just taken us a, a couple of steps back for getting netball into the Olympics. So as we mentioned, 2032 is probably out of the equation. But the question remains, how do you get the kids playing netball so that you can get into the Olympics? Well, listen, it's, it's not about just netball and netball America, but it's also about the non-Commonwealth countries. That's the thing. You've got to get the non-Commonwealth countries in the top in the world. And they none of us like Russia or China or the US, those European countries, I mean, for them to get to the in the top in the world, the top eight in netball in the world, to even qualify to go, you've got to have a big development. Like you're looking 30, 40, 50 years, like realistically, because you've got to get the kids playing now. And by the time they get to that level, and then you've got to have options for them to compete at that high netball level, right? And there's just no options for people right now on a pathway to compete at that higher level. One plan to get kids to start playing netball in the United States via Netball America is the Ready, Set, Net program, which has been installed in several different school districts around the country, one being Houston, another being New York City. So we've had um, school kids play in um, Houston. That was uh, quite a successful program, and those girls have been um, invited in going down to our annual Disney Universal event each year, obviously before COVID. Peace up, Peace A-Town. Atlanta, we've got a big reboot happening now after COVID and Atlanta, we're just, it's going to be very, very big. And we see that probably as the future hub of our junior netball in the USA. We just finished a program. We partnered with Nike for a program in Washington, D.C. slash Maryland. New York City, we've had a variety of partnerships there. The biggest one being New York City Public Schools. They're the biggest school district in the world, right, with a million kids. So can you imagine if we get a million kids playing just in that one school district? Right, but it takes money. New York City's budget was cut, right, so then they have to cut programs. Power Play, which is a great organisation for girls in New York City, you know, doing work with them. Florida, we've got some counties down in Florida playing, New Hampshire playing, so we're really trying to develop those. But getting into schools itself is not an easy task. We've got real success now um, in driving netball into the schools. And we looked at what other sports did, you know, field hockey and stuff. And they were very fortunate in regards to having, you know, sponsors come forward to help pay for equipment and coaching. 
Because it's easy for me, if I've got the funds, I can go into a school district and say, right, we're going to pay for coaches to coach your teachers and we're going to give you free netball equipment for all your schools. That's an easy deal. That that really is easy, right? But it's getting those uh, funds to, to do that. Most of the funds that Netball America has gotten has been through grants or sponsors. Jeff Pearson, the president of Netball America, explains more on the importance of sponsors for validity in mainstream sport. Yeah, it's really important to have sponsors, um, and that doesn't just necessarily mean people who are bringing money to the table. It's people who are bringing either a name or their passion for what they want to uh, help Netball America to improve. Uh, so you, you can do a lot with those types of folks. You can, with, without them, you can shout into the wind and you may not be able to accomplish as much, but having people that, that want to be a part of it and want to quote unquote, do it the right way uh, is, is really difficult to bring a new sport into a country that has a lot of other sporting opportunities without some sort of uh, promotional activity that, that really helps you get going, gives you some, some uh, validity with what you're trying to accomplish. And more than that, it's about professionalism of the people who you hire to go present to these schools. So listen, it's not an easy job. Um, and trust me, there's a lot of people out there vying for that same position. It's, it is very competitive. A lot of what we see here in the U.S. is a lot of after-school youth sports programs that are knocking on school's door, right? Trying to sell their services to run after-school programs because predominantly in the U.S. there is no budget for physical education, right? The teachers literally have to raise the funds themselves through grants, etc., and then they then typically may outsource the physical education side to third parties. So it's all about relationships. And it took us a while to get in the door, meet the right people, but not just meet the right people, but they wanted to see us in action. Netball has made relationships with the Billie Jean King Foundation, as well as been named to the President's Council for Fitness. Sonia continues. They're not just going to let anybody in in front of their kids. And if you've got a bad reputation or poor volunteers, you know, with bad attitudes or showing up late, not on time, not prepared, it's a small community in a way and word will spread quickly. So our professionalism and the people we put out there were top notch and We've got raving reviews from all of our presentations that we do. We, we've done presentations in front of 6,000 PE teachers. And then we do some smaller ones where we could have, you know, 30 teachers where we're running a session for. That's something I'm really proud of. Uh, and that's really what's taken us to the next level. Steve Anderson explains it all comes from the top and works its way down in terms of the importance of having good leadership in your organization. Something that Netball America has been striving to do since day one to spread the sport. I mean, it really starts at the top with having the right people in place that are going to send a positive image of the game out to the masses and and then secondly is you know getting it into schools so that the kids can play when they're younger then they will in turn fall in love with the game and then play it as they get older and then teach it to their kids and so on and that's how it could become a mainstream sport in the united states um 
and as well as you know it's just a development pathway for for kids because the you know the rules of netball you have three seconds to pass the ball so when you're hold or shoot so you have three seconds to make a decision and sometimes in life it's the same situation you have to make a split second decision and it could affect you for the rest of your life that decision so you know it's really good in teaching those type of skills as well so i really think that a lot of people will be able to uh to understand the benefits of the game once they do play and get into it. There's obviously, like, as you said, a lot of sports in this country. Um, and if P if, if curling can get into the Olympics, well, I think that netball can get into the Olympics as well. And that will also then, you know, a lot of people had no idea what curling is. And then now there's a lot of people that like curling. Uh, and just simply because they saw it in the Olympics one time. So getting into the Olympics is the other way, obviously. And I know Sonia spoke on this earlier. That's a long road. And, you know, there are definitely hurdles in in place for that. But that's something else that uh, I believe will really help inspire people to play the game. Going back to our gender conversation... Netball is a sport that is primarily played by women. However, there is an upstart of men playing netball. For instance, one player, Netball America President Jeff Pearson, was trying to incorporate a competitive play division in the United States within Netball America. Well, it's, an, it's an interesting way of getting a sport started because most of the sports are the other way around. Um, you're trying to grow most other sports into the quote-unquote minorities women and, and other minorities like that. So netball is kind of coming at it from the, the 180 degrees uh, difference where you've got it played by women and you're trying to encourage men to play. And as Steve had mentioned, you've got a lot of other opportunities as men to play other sports. So how do you get them involved? If you've got men who are able to, uh, and boys who, who are getting into the sport and they can see that there's an opportunity for them. If you're not very tall, you may not want to go into basketball if you're not super fast or, or a different things like that for either track or football or soccer. You may not want to stick with sports, but netball has an opportunity for so many different types of people. If you get them involved in that and they see the opportunity to be involved in a team, which is a, a huge thing, and then to be involved with you know boys and girls or men and women, getting them involved like that, especially in today's environment where we're really focusing on inclusiveness. Everybody's Everybody's included. Everybody should be involved. Everybody's able to be a part of it. Making those opportunities available for men, either on a men's team or in a mixed team, so that they can participate is going to help grow the sport. Right now, with a lot of the teams that we have where you've got the husband and wife, or the boyfriend and girlfriend, it gives that partner, the boyfriend or the, the husband, a chance to participate, not just not just to be there and support and say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll sit on the sidelines and I'll cheer, but to get involved as well and see how great a sport it is and give them an opportunity to play it with their partner. Having those opportunities available as a, as a, as a huge stepping stone to growing it on the women's side as well. With all this good that's happening in the United States when it comes to netball to spread the word of the game, it's still troublesome to see that the international federations still can't get on the same page when it comes to spreading the sport worldwide. Bethany Hershon explains. 
each international federation obviously has their own goals and their ways that they want to strive to grow the sport in their area, but also maybe the bigger, well-known federations in netball obviously want to keep that dominance within the sport. But there probably needs to be a mindset change. Is Yes, it's great that it's in the Commonwealth Games, but to get that international dominance, there needs to be awareness in other areas and in other countries. You just have to look at the World Cup and the fact it was great that we had Singapore involved in it. But we need to make sure that every area of the world is involved in netball. And you, and if there is that sort of conflict that's going on, Josh, then it is that probably people need their heads banging together and actually look at what the bigger purpose is for netball. Yes, it's great to have awareness in your affiliated countries or in your and trying to build it and trying to build that awareness and that willing mentality but actually does that do your sport any good and you see it in other sports as well it's not just a netball thing in other sports if you don't come together as national governing bodies and international federations to to really bring that awareness then it's just gonna it is going to be a detriment in the long term it's making sure that all of you know what the purpose is and from discussing it with you guys the purpose is, is getting people more active people involved in sport doesn't have to necessarily be netball but it's to be able to create netball a sport for all and an opportunity for international cooperation and international um competition to build it and make it greater and then hopefully get it to a place where it's on every TV station. It's on every TV station. It's spoken about everywhere, and it's seen as a sport that is a sport for all. As we approach the end of this episode, the question still remains: Why? Why not netball? Is it political? Is it due to lack of interest overall? Is it just general apathy towards the sport by the American public? Whatever the reason is, Sonia Ottaway has ways that you can help spread the word of the game of netball in the United States. Everyone at home can help develop the sport. Like all these people, right, complaining Americans don't know the sport, it's not in the Olympics. Well, ask yourself, what have you done to help, right? It could be as simple as going to the Netball America Facebook page and clicking like. It could be retweeting our tweets sharing you know we have various sponsors that offer discounts right and they all give back to netball so instead of perhaps buying something from you know some other vendor perhaps use you know at one of our sponsor vendors uh, which offer great rates on everything and they give back to netball you know volunteer right volunteer we're starting to offer some paid positions but yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know, anyone can do. And like I said, it's just simple from, we know everyone's kind of on social media all the time, but why not just click a like a netball post or retweet it or reshare it or help drive our numbers up. If you'd like to donate your time, effort or money to the growth of netball in the United States, please go to netballamerica.com. This concludes another edition of Josh's Global Sports Show Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day. This has been episode three of Josh's Global Sports Show Podcast. Why not netball? 
featuring interviews from Sonia Ottaway, Bethany Hershon, Steve Anderson, and Jeff Pearson. This is a Memory Artist Studios production. All rights reserved, copyright 2022. For more information, go to netballamerica.com and memoryartists.com. Have a great day.